0: off the ball rugby
1: if you are looking at New Zealand squads we shouldn't be afraid of this one compared to being afraid of other ones in the past <laughs> join in the obsession subscribe now at com forward slash join
0: off the ball breakfast Ireland's sports breakfast show
1: uh, now Kathy McNamee is with us Kathy, good morning to you um, can England feel any way unlucky having lost 1-0 Uh.
2: I think the right team won in the end with how England played. I mean, we saw the fact that Serena Wiegmann had to make that double substitution at half time. Like, for me, when she did that, I was like, this is a very curious decision so early on in the tournament, especially because she has been so, or sorry, early on in the game, especially because she has been so reticent to make any changes in games until very, very late on. So it was, it was did help them a little bit but I also was surprised that it was Daly that came off and didn't put her up a little bit higher because I just felt like they didn't have any proper attacking options I think Spain got their tactics totally right they knew exactly how to attack this England team frustrate the team um so, like, even the way that England set up, they set up with that, like, 4-3-4-1-2, four, four, which they actually had only started using, I think it was, like, two games into the group stages, and then swapped to the 4-3-3 whenever they changed it at halftime, and it just seemed like a strange one to use that tactic against a team like Spain because they press so high, they run so much, they, you know, really put the pressure on and they just for me, looked like the team more likely to score most often, the team that looked like more confident on the ball, despite the fact they've never actually been in those kind of big finals. So what was her alternative? Uh, to swap to the four three three, which is what they normally play before this World Cup, and I was looking at like a couple of the English journalists talking about it this morning, and they were curious about the fact that she did because a lot of people say like Serena Viegman is really good at tactics. It's something that's always been one of her strong suits. I think she got it wrong yesterday, but you look throughout the Euros and even before this, it's always something that she has been good at in game management. She's good at, but it just felt like with this one. I don't know, did she panic or did she just feel like she didn't have the options off the bench? Because obviously they are missing a couple of players. Yeah. But the fact that she didn't... it Because they started using the system like already inside the tournament, there's like some question marks today from people reflecting, like, well, was that a decision? It's a weird one to go into in the middle of a tournament rather than maybe setting up for it a, a little bit earlier
1: on. I'm so sorry. Is it your view that if she had got this correct, it would have changed the outcome of the game? Or was it almost inevitable that Spain were going to win because they're actually a better team now
2: I think I think it probably would have been fine if some of the players had played better but I think like a lot of players are off their game like you look at Lucy Bronze. I didn't think she had a great game. Georgia Stanway and Kira Walsh had absolutely no space to operate, so they were totally nullified in it. Ella Toon didn't have a great match. I was surprised she actually lasted it as long as she did. Lauren James, when she came on, just didn't have that spark where you felt like she was going to create that moment of magic in the same way that she did in the earlier stages of the game. Now that's possibly getting that red card for a stupid decision and then missing a couple of games um, Russo whose hold up play has been so good during the tournament felt like she was a bit anonymous so it was a really difficult game for them to get into and I wonder well, our whole talk like before the World Cup final was you know they've already been in a big final they've had the pressure of doing it in Wembley at home to themselves can they they're probably more placed to handle this sort of pressure but it did feel like the whole occasion got to them and like all the individual performances were not good enough and there was no one there in the team to kind of lift them to wasn't the it, level that they needed to be
1: wasn't this the team after the semi-final banging on about oh, we know what it's like to win finals they don't I, yeah. I felt a little bit hubristic that was a little bit like oh, hang on a second the backbone of that team has won the Champions League mm that's a big game whether or not you're like oh that's not a tournament it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like you know you don't feel any different going into this game than you do it's like it's the biggest game that you've ever played the Champions League final this is just the next biggest game you've ever played it's the same level of pressure and they managed to think their way through those in the past like
2: yeah, completely. Like, I think the you could understand why England had that sort of confidence going into it because they had earned the right... I mean, this is the first time Serena Wiegmann's lost a competitive game with this team. They did have that loss against Australia, but that was a friendly. And I think that they... I don't know if it was like I remember talking to some of the Irish players about this when I was over in Australia and those kind of like later evening games and like the pressure that builds up in your head having to like spend the entire day wandering around the place. You're like, what do I do? Do I go for a walk? Do I go for a coffee? Do I keep my normal routine? Do I do something different? Um, and it just felt like even from the first off that they just weren't mentally in the right space for that sort of game. Now, like, I, I think back to the Euro's final last year and it did take them a bit of time to warm into that game and I thought maybe with the changes that would happen. Mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, sadly
0: not. Were you surprised by how exposed England were in the flanks? Like, even for the goal, like, from Carmona, Lucy Bronze gives the ball away and then it's just a wide open gap and so much room for Spain on the left-hand side.
2: I was surprised, especially by a player like Lucy Bronze, who plays in Spain, has a lot of experience of these sort of players, that she would give them so much space. I thought Jonathan Liu had a really good description of it in his column today in The Guardian about, like, Lucy Bronze breaking and just a load of red lights in front of her and then that's when she lost the ball for the goal uh, I, I think like whether it was Vilda or the players that you credit for this I think Spain knew exactly where to target in terms of their weak points and I think that Wigman missed out by not looking more at that Japan game which I'm sure she studied multiple times because I mean it was the biggest loss Spain had in the tournament but not... It felt like Japan had put out a bit of a road map. And I don't know, was Wiegmann trying to go her own way? But I think if she had targeted that Spanish backline in the same way that Japan did, they would have had a lot more of a success than they did. Um, I was surprised... I, I mean I thought it several times during this tournament Lucy Bronze has looked like she hasn't she's either been absolutely out on her feet and Wiegmann hasn't allowed like changes come in to give her that little bit of a break or just looked a little bit off the pace and I think she knew herself as well you saw how devastated she was at the end uh, Bagier was like comforting her on the bench but out of all the players she looked like the one that was the most disappointed so I think she knew herself that she didn't have a great game um, and also that that's probably her last opportunity to win a World Cup I think she's like 30 well 36 and the next one rolls around but also there's no real guarantees you know that you'll still be going in four years time
0: there's also when they push Millie Bright up and I understand why they're going to do that they're going to bomb the ball forward and try and get the goal laid on but even in those thirty, have
2: we seen that I know it
0: looks familiar (laughs) uh, but like even in the last 13 minutes of injury time you're like just get the ball into the box to her they they really really just did not get the ball into the box by by, hook or by crook just get it in there
2: I Uh, know but even like that was their problem even before that like they all their options for delivering the balls it like it didn't seem like they had a cohesive plan as to how you know and I know like the Spanish midfield is the best in the world and England just didn't seem to have a way of getting through it and so instead they were just lobbing balls up that weren't going anywhere that like players were being forced to run around and chase down but nothing that actually started an attacking threat which is why I was saying like I don't understand why they didn't use Rachel Daly like top scorer in the WSL last year knows how to get those goals is coming off like a phenomenal phenomenal season why take her off rather than like at least try pushing her forward Mm. and we haven't really seen it at all from England during the tournament and I don't know why Wigman is so determined to just have her in that defensive role rather than giving her the opportunity to try because I mean you would count uh, Chloe Kelly's a great player for a big match goal and always has been but it was just a strange I thought that she wasn't given a better opportunity.
0: The bronze in in twenty fifteen, like you feel like the team maybe learned from it, but like, can you learn from from this? Like, this, they're going to obviously take the pain with them, and you saw it as you said from Lucy bronze. But mm. does it like what's the age profile? Is is what I'm trying to ask? Like, is this a push on it, point?
2: It's a very young team. Yeah, it's a very young team, so they will be okay. Like, obviously, you have. Bronze, Millie Bryce, Rachel Daly who are the louder end of it but like Lauren James is easily going to be pushing for one of the best players in the next couple of years if she can keep going then trajectory she is and also avoid injuries you look at the likes of you know Ella Toon, Alessia Russo these are Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp like Lauren Hemp is still winning best young player awards, mm-hmm. she just won the last three in a row and she's only just turned 21 so you know there are, there is definitely something to build on there and I don't think they'll be panicking just yet yet. Um, Wigman has said that she wants to stay on for the Euros campaign and that she has no interest in moving. So obviously she was linked to the US job with Andonovsky leaving. So definitely a push on point for them, I think.
1: Also oh, a rivalry now with Spain, who it turns out are the rising force in world football with uh, literally owning every World Cup there is to own.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think like going into this tournament, this is the thing that everyone said, without everything that had happened with Vilda and players like Mappy Leon, who were left behind, you probably would have put them as absolute sure starts for either getting to the final or winning it. But because of that background noise, I think a lot of people were hesitant to say it. and especially with how they played in the Euros last year, where they seemed incredibly frustrated a lot of the time with not actually being able to get like consistent starting lineups and also consistent connections between the players... We haven't seen that in this tournament and we've seen how they can actually play. And again, there's always going to be this weird thing over this whole tournament, but you do just wonder if they did have those players that they left behind, could they have made an even better attempt? Like, I don't think that Japan result would have happened if they had Mappé-Léon there. Um, but of course, these are questions that are probably never going to get answered because it doesn't look like Vilda's going to be going anywhere anytime soon.
1: Uh Spain are the best team in the world is that, are we is that hmm.
2: yeah I think that's fair yeah. like apart from that one laps against Japan they've been fairly consistent I think they play a very exciting brand of football as well like if you gave me an option of which team in the World Cup I would like to watch again a couple of times over it probably would be them or Japan just with how the style of play Um, and you look at how easily they like gave England the run around it felt like England were chasing their tails and these are top players but it's kind of similar to what we've seen in the club game say when like Chelsea come up against the likes of Barcelona in the Champions League or even Arsenal whenever they come up against Barcelona and a lot of these English players play for both of those, you can see the same sort of football and the same sort of flaws being exposed, so that's why part of me wasn't entirely surprised yesterday when I saw how easy it was for Spain to give them the run around.
0: Salma Parayuelo, I hopefully have said that right I think I have, judged by the commentary teams um, like, so exciting, 19 years of age, former sprinter, and you can tell by her as well, um, one of the stories of the tournament like mm-hmm. I don't think she was expected to be a necessarily a starter uh, and, and came off the bench a lot through the tournament but really one of the stories
2: yeah definitely and now the holder of a under 17 under 20 and senior world cup at the age she is is pretty impressive uh, yeah she like y- you talked to a few people and everyone would have said that she definitely is one of the most exciting young players out there but I don't think anyone expected her as you said to come in and made the impact mm. that she did and that's the thing that I love about these tournaments is you Because, you know, a lot of people might not be able to watch La Liga, like the female La Liga, all that often over in Spain. So you get to see these players, and it gets you excited for them. Like, Mm. now I'm excited for the Champions League to see how all these players Mm. do, the younger ones that you don't really get to watch all that often. Um, And an incredible talent. And a a bit like Lauren James as well. You just hope that she can kind of stay injury-free and actually have the career that it looks like she's building up to. And this isn't just like a
0: once off wonderful tournament for her Would you have started Alexia Poteas? I know obviously she's recovering from injury regardless but Phila's mm. um, decision not to play her was uh, an interesting one
2: Yeah and especially how late it took her to come on which kind of made me think that she yeah. must be carrying some sort of knock that maybe we didn't know about we had, we had this debate on Koege last week and Emma Byrne was kind of saying that no matter what I, she would start her because of the leadership she offers on the pitch I was a little more hesitant because I do think that she is obviously great but she hasn't really reached her potential in this World Cup and it's understandable too you know we see because players are out for ACL with ACL injuries for so long by the time they come back we're like oh they must be absolutely fine they must be grand but you look at say someone like Ada Hergerberg she hasn't been the same since she came back from her ACL injury and it almost takes players like at least a season or two to regain the sort of fitness and like comfortableness on the ball that they had before and. Um, so so I'm not surprised that she didn't perform to the standards that we were expecting for her I think that considering how Spain played it and that you can get away with benching your best player well the best player formerly the best player in the world until that late it just shows the strength and depth that they do have
1: and that's of course you see a Khaleesi who played really well for South Africa against Wales four months after his uh, surgery <laughs> this is uh, truly remarkable anyway uh, I digress uh, ok so biggest disappointment of the tournament
2: uh, Ireland's not getting out of the group stages.
1: Mm. How much longer before Vera Pow we find out what's going to happen?
2: Uh, this week, I think. So the review was finished this week and, last week and then it was two weeks until the performance. So either end of this week or start of next week, I think it's and a board th- meeting.
1: There's no world in which we think Vera Powell will still be the, the manager. Or maybe they give her the game against Northern Ireland as a goodbye? Uh,
2: yeah, I think that is a possibility. But also then I don't know how you really announce that she's leaving and then
1: Mutual consent, yeah. uh, homecoming, goodbye. Fill but it.
2: the fact that everyone's expecting a answer, like, do you wait until after the game? Or do you... Because people are expecting a answer in the next like week oh, yourself, I think you so. say
1: uh, we have decided that um, Vera is finishing up with Ireland we're very grateful for her. and as a thank you for qualifying for the World Cup she'll manage the team for one last time and uh, will lead them out against Northern Ireland at the Aviva if and she's leaving against her, her wishes it's tough to have that walk, uh, or walk around the pitch well, that's that. sorry you're, you're giving her the option would you like yeah. to say goodbye or not and if she says no then it's like thanks very much and you get your new manager in but mm. there's, a way, there's a way in which you can turn it into a PR win
2: yeah no there definitely is a way to to turn it into a PR win. I'd be very, very interested to see what comes out if she does go.
1: Uh, Maybe nothing comes out if she goes.
2: Maybe nothing. Maybe it's something that we hear about in like five, ten years. But
1: yeah. Because here's the thing. If stuff comes out after she goes, then it brings added pressure to the players. Because there's already a lot of pressure on players. You've got your way. But I'm
2: also thinking of maybe players who didn't go to the World Cup as well.
1: Right. Okay. All right. We await with bated breath to see the developments of that because it is one of the biggest stories in Irish sport. The manager of the football team uh, is always going to capture headlines. Good stuff, Kathleen. Thanks a million. Off the ball,
0: breakfast. Ireland Sports Breakfast Show.